Welcome to Radius Conversations, where we want to do real life with real faith. Our purpose here is to dive into practical questions about how to glorify God with people who have experience from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Mariah Levitt. Today we're going to revisit last week's question, do you know your neighbor's name? Last week was kind of geared towards moms, and this week we're going to talk about it from a different perspective. Joining me today is Katrina and Sean. Uh, would love to hear a little bit about yourselves, so why don't you give us what you're doing right now? Um, hey, everybody listening. I'm Katrina. Uh, if you've gotten a cup of coffee at Radius Lexington in the last couple of years, there is a good chance that we have met at some point. <laughs> I work at the library here in Lexington and spend a lot of my time out in the community hiking or on the lake, just doing anything I can to get outside. And I'm Sean Coffey. Um, I'm the student pastor at Radius Centerville. And so I've been married to my wife, Nicole, for three and a half years. And we've got a two-year-old. Her name is Harper. And we've got another little girl on the way. Um, so yeah. You're going to be a girl dad. Going to be a girl dad. <laughs> Embracing being a girl dad. Uh, so we talk a lot about knowing our neighbors at Radius, um, often because we believe those relationships are the ones that, um, are the easiest to deepen into something more. And those can be, you know, who we work with, who we eat with, hang out with, work out with, <laughs> uh, just anyone we're doing life with. So um, we believe that knowing our neighbors can lead more to discipleship, which is simply just walking alongside someone and helping them follow Jesus. So we're going to kind of dive into that a little more. Um, Just to start off, where and how do y'all meet the majority of your neighbors? So for me, uh, I've only been working for Radius for about five months or so. So before that, I was coaching and teaching And the way that I met my neighbors during that season of life was a little bit different than the way that I meet neighbors now. But um, for me, one of the biggest ways that I've always met my my neighbors or the people in my radius is I've been involved in athletics like my whole life. So uh, one of the best ways for me even now is on Thursday nights from 7 to 9, we've been playing basketball at Radius White Knoll. So... Um, athletics has always been a really great opportunity for me to meet people in my radius, just going out there, playing basketball, and natural conversation coming about. Um, but for my wife and I, like together, uh, especially as we moved into this season, um, small groups have always been a great way to meet people in my radius. Um, you know, serve teams, being on different serve teams. Like my wife, she's built some great relationships with people just through being a part of Radius Kids. Uh, And then something I was thinking about is a lot of times, like the lobbies at Radius, uh, just being intentional about spending a little bit of extra time out in the lobby instead of darting out to the parking lot. Um, Same thing, like at home, like a lot of times around Radius, they talk about like a hey neighbor, like at your in your actual neighborhood, those neighbors that you might not actually say something to or have a conversation with, but you just say, hey neighbor, and then, you know, go about your day, like, not darting in the house, but spending a little bit of time there. So, Yeah, I echo a lot of what Sean said. I've definitely met most of my neighbors here at Radius. I, when I was thinking about it, I think the biggest advantage is live, work, play in the community. 
I've had a couple opportunities to go to different library branches in the system, but I've realized I would miss out on seeing the folks in the library who I would also see in the grocery store or I would also see at church or just out in the community. So definitely work and Radius have been my greatest chance to meet new people and start to develop relationships, remember some names and start some conversations. Mm. Remember some names. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. And Sean kind of talked about the hey neighbor that a lot of us have where it's just, hi, we should catch up sometime and then never following through. So Katrina, I kind of have a follow up with that. Um, In a relationship where you don't see it actually going somewhere when you first meet, have you had any good conversations or seen any fruit from some of those seemingly meaningless (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of hey neighbors, my neighbor across the street, they're a great little family. But when I first moved in and introduced myself, he specifically said, we keep to ourselves in this neighborhood. And he wasn't the only one who mentioned that this was a neighborhood where people just kind of, you know, minded their own. And I, I'm good at yard work, but I'm not like the best. And there, w- there had been a time where my lawn was out of control and I came home and realized that he had come over and mowed my lawn. And I thought it was like a passive aggressive neighbor move of like, hey, you are bringing down the value of our neighborhood by not <laughs> mowing your lawn. Um, and then he came across the street when I came home a few days later and I was like, oh gosh, here comes the confrontation. And it turns out they don't have a golf cart and his daughters really want a golf cart, but they have a riding mower. So his daughters were asking him if they could keep doing the (laughs) mower. So he just sent them across the street to my yard and he, we had a great conversation and now his daughters will just come like knock on my door and be like, can we mow your lawn? And so it's been a really great opening to have a good relationship with the folks who live across the street from me. Riding mower, golf cart. I mean, very similar. As close as you can get, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Sean, I wanted to ask you about um, bringing up Jesus. And uh, especially, like, you know, in the coaching world and stuff, there's probably just some awkwardness. And there's just this initial hump after you meet someone. How do you have that first conversation? And how do you, you know, bring up Jesus for the first time? Yeah, so I was had been really blessed to have um, some great mentors along the way, um, and specifically, I think about a guy named Joe Pitts, um, and he just really modeled well for me uh, what it looked like to talk to people about Jesus and how to make that somewhat, maybe that initial uncomfortable conversation easier. Um, there's this saying when I first got into teaching and coaching that's really always stuck with me, like, uh, nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. And uh, Joe really modeled that for me. I was just thinking about him and uh, just his willingness. Like I was just a guy, young guy going to Radius, and he just really took this initiative to come up and, and talk to me. And uh, it started off, you know, just him asking me to, to go to breakfast one time. And um, then it led to my girlfriend and I at the time, she's now my wife, like him inviting us over to their house. And really, uh, before the discipleship process even began, um, him just inviting me over to his house and saw the way that he was loving his wife and loving his kids and, and leading his family. And it, it led me to be like, man, I, 
I want a, a piece of that. Like, what's what's different about this guy? And so, um, yeah, just the way he modeled that for me was was really good. Um, but I also think about how a lot of times in conversations, and it's a, a deep conviction for me a lot of times is we, we talk about the things that we care the most about. Um, so, you know, I heard a guy say one time, like, if you start talking to somebody, it won't take very long for you to figure out what they're really passionate about and what they really care about. So that's something I try to think about a lot. Like, if I'm always talking about football or I'm always talking about my job, I don't I don't want people to go away and say, man, that guy, he really loves football. You know, I, I would hope that people walk away and they say, man, he, he really loves Jesus. And it's evident through uh, my conversations with people. So... Uh, those are those are a couple of things that I try to to keep in perspective. But um, you know, as far as like how do you start that initial conversation about Jesus? I, I feel like those opportunities are around us a lot of times. We just don't always seize them. You know, like when when people are telling us about something they got going on, it's a great opportunity to say like, Hey, here's how I've seen the Lord work in my life, or how can I be praying for you and actually go through with that? You know, so. I think the opportunities are all around us. We just got to seize them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what would y'all say to our listeners who may work in the public sphere and feel like it's inappropriate to bring up Jesus? How would you approach that? I think I can speak to that. Great. Because working at the public library, I'm an entity of the county. And you got to sign that paper when you sign that thing that says, you know, whatever you say represents the beliefs of the county while you're working for us. So Mm -hmm. it's always a little bit of a line to walk. But I think it's evident when people are open to the conversation or it has been for me. People, they're surprisingly more open to it than I think because I'm always so tentative to be like, man, it sounds like you're going through a really hard time you praying about it or like, can I like, I'll be praying for you or, um, yeah, just the more you get to know people, especially the same people who come in when people are vulnerable, I think they're looking for help and we know the best help there Mm -hmm. is, which is, um, God. So as you see people with needs, we get in our heads, I think more than is necessary. And for me, you know, I'm in this role now of ministry, but only Five months ago, you know, I was I was working at the school and and teaching and coaching and um, just with my conversations with other teachers and, and football coaches, um, I never wanted it to be like a surprise when they heard, oh, like he, he's following the Lord or he's a Christian, you know. I, I I didn't want them to be like, really, you know. So um, I guess in this, the way that I would live my life, I was hoping that that would be reflective of Jesus. Um, and so that when people people saw me, uh, they would see a reflection of, you know, Jesus and the way he's living so or he lives. So um, I just think about that a lot um, and how, you know, sometimes those conversations uh, come about just because people see, man, there's something there's something different about a guy like Joe Pitts, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that. So we we don't want people to be surprised about who we follow and also just being optimistic about. People might be interested. We don't just have to automatically think, oh, I can't say anything because they're going to be offended. <laughs> um, feeling out the situation and doing it with um, 
Discernment. That's really good. So for both of y'all, just what have you been reading? It can be anything. And um, yeah, I would love to get some book recs. I just finished The Henna Artist, which is a great historical fiction set in post-colonial India. So if you like uh, kind of family sagas, generational narratives, it's a great historical piece. So I got two of my favorite books that I've read this year. Um, One is The Life You Always Wanted by John Ortberg. So that's kind of centered around spiritual disciplines. And the other one is Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. So that's a it's a book about ordering your private world, and it's it's really good. It just talks about um, kind of your inner world being this garden, and there's going to be stuff that pops up in the garden, and you've got to cultivate it. Uh, so really good book. Thanks for tuning in. If you have a question you'd like to hear on the podcast, go to Radius Combos page and click What Do You Want to Hear Next? A reminder that Radius Church exists to glorify God by making disciples, planning churches, and living generously. This has been Radius Conversations. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.